Welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder and for joining Megan and I as we talk about today, fear. Fear. Bom, bom, bom. Now, <laughs> I, I brought this this topic up with Megan because um, I'm a little perplex, perplexed personally by the level of fear some of my really beloved friends have um, in these day and times of um, COVID, you know, mm-hmm, the, sure. death in general. Even before COVID came along, I have a couple of friends that have like a almost a catatonic response to a fear of illness mm-hmm. I mean, before COVID. Right. And, and I've had a really hard time really understanding that. I want to understand them better and um, kind of want to break it down and probably try and have them process it in a different way because I'm kind of the opposite spectrum. I, I mean, there were times where I felt like I needed to apologize for being so maybe irresponsibly not fearful, mm-hmm. you know, because right. I just haven't felt fearful. I, I, I have long held that the Lord has my end date written on his heart sure. and I have such comfort and solace in that. No, I don't want to tempt it obviously, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm not going to, to modify my life to a great extent because you know, what is living if you're living in fear of dying? Right. You know, I think there's this inherent sort of paradox that exists within our faith The one hand holds Christ's words, do not fear that which can kill the body, but only that which can, or him, he actually says, who can kill the soul, the body and the soul. Okay. So that's a one side. So really don't be so fearful about the health of your body. But on the other hand, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, and so this sense of I shouldn't be afraid about dying, you know, my body, but I should also take care of my body because it's a gift from God. Exactly. So how do we function in that paradox um, in a way that's healthy and holy, which is usually obviously the middle road, right? Don't obsess about health, but do the things that are reasonable and responsible to guard your body from harm, right? Yeah. So, but the thing is, is that when you're doing the one guarding your body from harm, it shouldn't be because you're motivated by fear. That's not the reason you guard your body from harm because I'm afraid to die. You're guarding your body from harm because you recognize it as a gift from God and you want to take care of your gift. So it speaks to motivation, the understanding of Am I trying to like do every little thing to keep from getting sick or whatever because I'm afraid of dying? Or am I living in a way that is responsible and respectful of my body? Right. I want to go back to something you said in one of the previous episodes is saying, well, what's behind that fear? Right. What you need to ask yourself, dive a little deeper what is it that is is causing this response? Because I, I've truly seen it. Even, you know, I used to think that if you were a really strong believer that you didn't have that fear because you trusted in the Lord so greatly. But then I know some really amazing uh, Catholics that just love the Lord with their heart, the whole heart, soul, and um, fearful, you know, really fearful. And I do think that the reason for that can be complicated. Let's talk about fear for your own life. 
first. Okay, so you could be afraid of dying for numerous reasons, right? So if you're a convicted Christian and you feel that you've been living your life in such a way that is ordered towards the Lord and that you trust in the promise of salvation, then you could think, well, why would you be afraid to die? You'd be, you know, just like, you know, St. Paul said to, to live, to die, to live as Christ and to die as gain. I think we said that even in the last podcast. So you could, you could think, why wouldn't a Christian have that mindset? Okay. Well, how about this? Maybe you're not actually afraid of the being dead. You're afraid of the process of dying, Mm. which means what? Suffering. Okay. Afraid of pain, afraid of ability to endure the pain. That might be one thing, but say maybe it's not even that. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I bet I have heard people who said, well, if I were just totally alone and it were just me, like I wouldn't care about dying. I'd be fine to die. It's the impact on my family. Mm-hmm. I cannot bear the idea of leaving my children motherless or fatherless or, or, you know, the suffering that wouldn't, you know, people would experience of my own death. Okay. That's a different thing. Then you have to ask yourself, do I trust that the Lord will take care of my loved ones? Do I trust that my prayers after I die in hopefully in the presence of the Lord or even in the pains of purgatory are efficacious and powerful? Like, so then you have to ask that question. And then, you know, sometimes it's, you're not, the person may not be afraid of their own death at all. They're afraid of the death of their loved ones, which again goes back to suffering. I'm afraid to suffer the loss of my loved one. So there's so many things that could be part of this, you know, fear of death that aren't just specifically, I don't believe that there's an afterlife and then eventually I'll go to heaven. You know, you can, you can hold that belief and still be very afraid of the temporal sufferings of the things that surround death, either your own physical death and and the suffering that can happen physically and emotionally as far as knowing that you're dying or, um, you know, the, the loss of loved ones. Like I'm sure you, Pam are with me. The idea of one of your children dying is just gut wrenchingly painful. There are, I was, when, before we had this podcast, I actually started thinking to myself, okay, let me think of a time or two in my life that I was most afraid. What brought me to that place Mm -hmm. of significant, deep fear? And the two things that came up to my mind immediately were there are two times in my life where I couldn't find my son. Mm. I couldn't find him. Once I thought he was in the house, he was only two and he was nowhere to be found. I had no idea where he was. Mm, and this went on for probably about, I think it was five or 10 minutes. It felt much longer, mm-hmm. but when you, especially with a toddler, right? And, and I knew that he could open the door. He could open the front door. So I knew that that was a possibility and I hadn't seen him. So that was one time. Then one time he was much older in 11, but we were in the airport and None of us had any idea where he was. Mm. And the fear that I felt, the the sheer 
terror at the idea of the loss of my son was very profound. And that doesn't mean that I'm not a Christian that doesn't have a hope that doesn't know that even if he were like, you know, kidnapped and killed or whatever, that there isn't hope in the Lord that he would go and be with the Lord in heaven and everything. Like I can still hold that knowledge and be totally afraid to suffer the pain of the loss. So they don't have to be mutually exclusive, you know, but that moment that I've talked about, those were very real fears mm-hmm. in a moment of peril, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, I think one of the things that you're struggling with, maybe understanding of the other people is more the anxiety. And so I sure. wanted to bring out what the difference between fear and anxiety is because, yeah, yeah. because fear is, is a natural response to a threatening condition, right? You're in right. a place of threat. It's an emotion. Yeah. It's caused by a belief that someone or something is dangerous and likely to cause pain. Right. An imminent threat. And we cannot control that. That is a response. It's an emotional response that not only can we not not have generally, it's actually pretty healthy because it does cause you to protect yourself in dangerous circumstances. Right. It's. I think it's. It's an innate response that we have that God's actually built into it's us. It's the fight or flight. Right. Yeah. yeah. But anxiety is used to describe a worry when fear is nagging and persists over time. It's used when the fear is about something in the future mm. rather than about what's right now. That's and I think anxiety. that's okay. the important thing to remember. You moving out of dealing with the circumstances of a moment to this imagination of a future Mm -hmm. that you are focusing on the idea of peril in the future. And we've talked many times on the show, Pam, about how God is in the present moment. Absolutely. You know, and Jesus himself said, don't worry about tomorrow. Today (laughs) has enough enough to worry about. (laughs) Right. And so like, that perspective of where am I going to focus my mind in any given moment, I think is really important when we're discussing this concept of fear, but I think maybe we want to switch to call anxiety. Yeah. No, I was as a child, very, very fearful. I've had to work on most of my life trying not to be so fearful. I mean, I was afraid of my own shadow, almost literally. I was afraid to look up at the sky because I thought aliens were going to get me. Very terrified. I was the girl at the little sleepovers when the parents were playing a trick, trying to scare the girls for the fun of the party that had to take me home because I was absolutely terrified. I was. That was me. (laughs) I was that kid. Just so so frightened but as you know as I've aged and come into um in my faith and grown more the I guess it is some of the uh, the bodily fear is more for me in a way the only time that I have a lot of anxiety well it's not anxiety according to your definition it's just straight up fear is when I'm in the car with my husband (laughs) oh my mercy I am so jumpy and and I'll even tell him I know I'm being Mm mm-hmm just irrational. I, my behavior is irrational. Um, he just drives too fast and too close. Right. And so I have an imagination that just goes through these terrible scenarios too often about the potential 
Okay. Well, let's unpack it a little bit. Let's let's do it right now so we can unpack where the fears are coming from, because we know you believe in the Lord. We know you believe that there's salvation, that there's an afterlife. Okay. But when you're in the car, you're afraid of dying because of an accident. Mm -hmm. Okay. So go through that. What are you afraid of? What aspect of that scenario, getting in a car accident, is really frightening to you. Maybe it's not even dying. Well, no, I've maybe it's getting in a car accident a... and being maimed. What, what, what are you yeah. really afraid of? Yeah, though the maimed is be is is worse. I think. But see, I've been in a few pretty serious car accidents in my life, and I so okay. I think that the memory of that too kind of mm-hmm. you know when I was uh, I was six years old. Uh, we had a head-on collision. I was with my mom over a blind hill. The other, the other passenger, she perished in, in it, and it sent all three—me, my mom, my brother—to the hospital. I had a concussion, and they put me in a twin-size, um, a twin-size crib. I remember that very well. And then again, when I was 19 years old, um, I had a bad accident. Sent me to the ER. You know, mm-hmm. 21 stitches in my forehead, just it just really those kinds of things. And so after having experienced those, oh, not to mention the other time where I rolled the car and was hanging upside down and had to be rescued that way, too. So I've got a lot of baggage mm-hmm. <laughs> from, <coughs> pardon me, from from car accidents. So I can I can see them in a way. Right. And uh, so right. I, get, I get much more frightened. But, yeah, the maiming, I think, is probably I'm not afraid. I mean, I'm like, gosh, if I'm in a car wreck and die, that's that's not not a problem. <laughs> But if, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm maimed or whatever, or my children, that kind of thing, too. Right. So in a way, in that moment, it isn't just a fear. It is actually an anxiety. But instead of projecting into the future, well, actually, simultaneously, you're projecting into the future what could happen, but carrying with you what has happened. The past is present to you in those moments as well, right? Your experience, the the negative things you've already endured that you don't want to repeat. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot that goes on in that um, where you can't necessarily control those memories coming at you, right? But then the question becomes, if you are having a consistent, issue where you are in that circumstance and clearly it sounds like you don't have it when you're driving yourself right no just i mean i have because i'm in control because you're in control that's right right? i'm in control control do i get frightened of other people not doing what they're supposed to yeah Mm -hmm. i'm constantly talking to the other drivers on the road do you see me okay i point my finger at them sometimes Mm -hmm. even you see me because here i am right so i guess the question i would ask you is have you ever really taken the experiences that you've had in the past that have been very frightening and brought those to the Lord and asked him for healing of the fear that those things instilled in you? I have not Megan. Look at you. That's awesome. So these, the point I think we're getting at here is that usually the fears and anxieties that we experience that we assign to a specific thing often have so much more in them Mm -hmm. than just, you know, I'm afraid someone's my, me or myself will get COVID and die. 
right? No, like there's more that you're, yeah. that, that, or, or, you know, I'm afraid my husband's going to do something stupid and we're going to get in a car accident. Well, that's a lot. That's a specific thing, but it's also, I'm afraid I'm going to go through what I went through before that I'm going to experience the emotions, the pain, the, 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 you know, the anxiety that existed in that moment, that it's going to repeat itself here. And then what if, you know, what if it's even worse than it was last time? And, and then it can just build. Right. Yeah. yeah. So in thinking about like in, in stark contrast that I, I've thought about, well, if I got COVID and died from an illness, I just see God's beautiful providence you know, just being, you know, my, again, my, my name is written on his heart. I personally don't have, what I see as a big fear is the leaving the family behind. Now people Mm -hmm. have a really big fear of leaving their family behind, but I don't have that. And I'm like, is something wrong with me that I don't have that fear? I don't. I'm like, the Lord will take Mm -hmm. care of them. They're good. They're, you know, God allows it. He'll get them through it. Even though I have, I've lost a friend and she was only 42 when she died and her kids were still school age. And so um, I think about her sometimes and how mm-hmm. hard the kids have had it since she has been gone. But uh, I, for mm-hmm. me now, I'm like, oh, my kids are mostly grown, you know, they'll, right. they'll be fine. Well, you know, just like some people don't have fear of getting in a car accident the way you do. Maybe they've had experiences in life, in life of abandonment issues or things like that, where they have seen even more close up that impacted them personally, Mm -hmm. more specifically that they saw or experienced the pain of loss and the idea that they would be responsible for inflicting that upon somebody in their mind. I mean, to say to die, you're responsible for somebody else's suffering. You know, that's, that's really not true, right? You didn't, you didn't do something of your will that caused that suffering circumstances happened, but you know, but people can assign that if I die, it's my fault that my family will suffer. Mm. And that kind of thinking gives us a sense of power and control over things that we don't really have, mm-hmm. you know, and when, when we do assign to ourselves powers and controls that are not really ours, we are going to feel very um, nervous and scared when, if that we won't be able to live up to it, because guess what? We won't. Yeah. Cause it's never our power. It was never ours to carry. Well, Megan, I want to just dig a little deeper onto that to talk about specifically people who fear death by COVID. Okay. Because I feel that's the kind of times that we're living in. And the first thing we would ask them to do as you so wisely pointed out was to look behind that fear is there some fear of abandoning your family? Is it fear of death and suffering? Where is that fear coming from? So right. can you mention any other tools we could get to people to ponder and pray with if they have an unusual fear of death by COVID? Well, I do think that examination is a big deal. And, you know, when you come to the realization of, you know, and you may not be able to come to that yourself, actually, So I would encourage people, if they're struggling with this, to find somebody to help them work through it. That may be a spiritual director. That might be a counselor. It could even just be a close friend or family member who is really good at listening and and asking questions to help you go deeper. So, you know, get the, do the work, you know, just do the work. But um, once you get to the place where you're kind of coming to a deeper understanding of what it is you're so afraid of, that doesn't mean it's going to go away just because you see it, you know, you're still going to 
be sometimes it helps quite a bit if you're like, oh, that's what I'm really afraid of. Okay. Now that I see that, I you it can lessens. sometimes you do say, oh, you know what? That's just not r- rational. Like, but oftentimes you can be more aware of the root of it and still be afraid. And that's when you're really going to have to, you know, start bringing it to the Lord more and trusting him. And we were talking before the show that um, I had done just a little cursory look into scripture. Obviously there's so many beautiful verses about fear and how God wants us not to be afraid. And so scripture is going to be your best friend for this um, to really try to deepen the trust in the Lord that, that he has got you, he's got you. And yeah, the acknowledgement that, okay, what you are afraid of may actually be very real, that it is a painful, awful thing to suffer the loss of a loved one or to know that you're going to die and leave loved ones. You can hold on to that as a reality. Know that that suffering is, it could be a real thing that you might be called to experience, but to understand that the Lord will be with you in it. He will see you through it. You will never be left alone. You will always be held in his grace. And even though you can still not want that and still potentially like be kind of fearful of the possibility, but it doesn't paralyze you because you trust that God will bring good out of it. So it it comes down to that trust, like to finding the trust that God can bring good through really difficult things. And I I just wanted to bring Psalm 34, four in because that one's really key. I think it says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Mm, Amen. So, this act of trying to move beyond fearfulness is a, a call to the Lord for deliverance, deliverance from a chain that is binding you. And it may take time and it may take seeking the Lord again and again and again, but he will hear you and eventually will deliver you in a way that may not be the way you want it to be which means I'm totally not afraid anymore and everything's t- totally awesome. And, you know, I never even think about it. That may not be it. It may be you continue to experience some of the discomfort of that fear of the possibility without it paralyzing you and without it drawing you away from God and without it making you behave in ways that are disordered. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I want to also remind our listeners the two things that Jesus said most while he was on the planet. Be not afraid, and my peace I leave with you. So I like to focus on that peace a lot, too, when we're talking about fear. Is how, like, and I do this in the car. I start to, to have that dialogue with mm-hmm. myself. And, like, God wants me to have that peace. And how can I get back to that really calm? And yeah. um I Trusting in a, his providence is definitely one of them. And looking out the window the other direction, so I'm not watching him. <laughs> right. Sit in the back seat <laughs> sometimes helps. I think what you said that God wants our peace is really important. 
Because a lot of people, it seems, who struggle with anxiety, they they make this sort of rationalization that, well, this is the way I am. This is just the way I am. I'm, I'm an anxious person. That's, that's how I am. No. God doesn't want for you to be consumed with anxiety. Right. He doesn't want you focusing on the things that are you're, you're afraid of. He wants you focusing on him. And when you're focused on these things that make you nervous, when you're acting out of your fears and not out of your love for the Lord, you are not living in his will for you. He doesn't want you to be afraid. He says it time and time and time again in scripture. He says he doesn't want you to be afraid. He says he wants your peace. Do you believe that? Do you trust that God wants that for you? And if so, you have to move from justifying your anxiety and your fear as just being part of who you are or a proper response to, you know, fearful conditions, fear in a moment and dealing with a present danger. Yeah, that is a proper response, but paralyzing anxiety that takes your focus off the Lord and puts your focus on temporal things is not his will is not. No. And when you recognize something in your life is not God's will, it is your responsibility as a Christian to get at it to get at the work of ordering your life towards his will. And you will need his grace for that. It's not going to happen just by the sheer force of your will, because then you're just going to be white knuckling it and you're still going to be afraid, but you're just going to be like trying to behave, not afraid, but it's still there. No, you need his grace. But until you acknowledge God does not want me to be anxious, you won't move towards becoming more fully who he does want you to be, which is a confident, trusting, hopeful child of the Lord. Right. So my friends, if if you are living in such a fear where you're not really leaving your home very much and you're, you're um, secluding yourself from very many people out of this overwhelming fear, you need to really ask yourself, is this what Christ is calling me to right now? Or is he calling me to peace of heart and to trust in him? And really look and ponder on that word of trust, I think is such a good good place to uh, kind of start to wind down this talk on, on mm-hmm. fear. Well, we talked last uh, episode um, about evangelization, yeah. right? And how, how this, these times, these chaotic times can be great opportunities for evangelization. So I would just put this idea out there. When you see a person who seems to be consumed by fear, who is ordering their lives and making their decisions totally around a fear of death, trying to um, be safe at all costs. Is that a witness? No. Is that a compelling image that draws you in? Yeah, where's the joy? Yeah, I mean, yeah. and if our goal as Christians, our number one job that God has given us is to spread the good news, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're living a life ordered towards fear, you cannot do your job 
And you know what Jesus says in Matthew 25, when he talks about the sheep and the goats, whatever you have done to the least of my brethren, you have done unto me. And when you aren't doing your job, when you aren't out there being present to the world and being salt and light, you are not doing to the brethren what you're called to do. And you know what Christ says to those people who have not done what he called them to do? Depart from me. Oh, so you're, pain. Yeah. that is the fear that is worthy of fearing. The fear, the fear of hell. Fear, yeah, uh, <laughs> the fear of sin. But I say it this way, in a way that maybe speaks to the heart more, a fear of separation from the Lord. Mm. That is what hell is. The separation from our Lord and Savior for all eternity. Don't separate yourself from him now. Separate yourself from him at church in the, in the Holy Eucharist. Don't separate yourself from him and your brothers and sisters in Christ, who he wants to show his face to you through. You are living hell on earth now. If you are controlled by fear in such a way that you separate yourself from Christ in his church and in his people, don't live that life of fear. He doesn't want it for you. Perfect love casts all out all fear. As said in, you know, by John in his letter. And why? Because fear comes from condemnation. Mm. The Lord wants your freedom. Christ has set us free for freedom, St. Paul says. Be free in the Lord. Free from fear. That's what the Lord wants for us in these times in all times. All times. Beautiful. So let's end it with the most beautiful word of scripture that, you know, we all hear so often at funerals, but let's claim it for the living right now. Okay. From Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Dwell in the Lord's house, in your heart and in your soul. That is not a place of fear. Right. At a place of joy and freedom. Go to the Lord, increase your trust. Well, thank you so much for walking shoulder to shoulder today. I am Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. God bless. <laughs> <laughs>